You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your ears. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews, here on the Locked On Podcast Network for Locked On Blue Jays and jaysfromthecouch.com back for another week, a jam-packed week, and I mean what I say. Um, we're, we're going to start with a bit of housekeeping. We're going to have some solid talk on your Blue Jays that you know and love, including some that you don't know and love just yet, but we'll tell you who you should know and love very soon, guys like Justin Schaefer and Billy McKinney. But um, before we get into the big story of this Monday Musings edition of Locked on Blue Jays, just want to clear up uh, what the schedule is going to look like this week. Now, as you all know, was not able to record the Fan Friday edition this week. I was not feeling well at all. It was an illness that continued into the weekend. Put me on the DL, the three-day DL, I guess. Not not a concussion, so it didn't have to go seven days. But it did knock me back a little bit. So this would have been episode 100 today. However, what we're going to do is we're going to air our 100th episode tomorrow and our special guest interview will be on there. It's going to be great. I hope you guys enjoy that. So this is officially episode 99. Not playing with the numbers or anything like that. It's just going straight. So episode 100 tomorrow. And then at some point this week, we will double pump the episodes. Um, I still have all your great answers from last week's questions that I asked. So we will do that on a specific episode. I'm not sure if it's going to be Wednesday or Thursday. Um, more than likely Thursday because, you know, that's going to be the off day. So... We will get your responses to the questions I asked last week in. Luckily, I asked some pretty evergreen questions, so you can look forward to those later on in the week. But we have things to talk about today, and we start with obviously the biggest news in Blue Jays land, and that is the insane state of Nirvana that Kendris Morales has found himself in. The past week, he has been on a historic tear. And I can say that with no hyperbole. This is historic. He has home runs in seven straight games dating back to August 19th against the Yankees. Now, again, it when you play a team like Baltimore, you're going to get some shots in on them. So that's no surprise. But then the Phillies came to town for three games and Kendris just continued to hit. He had four hits. Three of them left the yard. He has been riding an insane power stroke lately. And it's given the Blue Jays a bit of life late in the season to see Kendris just absolutely go off like this. And, and help key a series victory over a Phillies team that probably should have come into Toronto and taken care of business. But, you know, a young team, they didn't really do that. So watching Kendris Morales just step in every time. And, like, I said this earlier in the season that once Kendris seemed to find his swing again um, after his closing appearance in May, which... That that's a big part of the storyline for Kendris Morales this season. He was batting 146 after that May 17th game when he was called in to pinch the ninth against the Athletics. Like 146 at that point. As of today, 
He has raised it over 100 points, batting 264, 21 home runs. He's cracked 20. He's the first Blue Jay to do so this year. 53 RBI. He On this home run streak, he's raised his batting average like 20 points. It's look remarkable what he's been able to do. And <clears throat> the cynical Blue Jay fan is asking like, oh, does this increase his trade value? Is he going to go? No, I I don't think it increases his trade value. A lot of the AL contenders already have their designated hitters in place. You could argue potentially Cleveland if Edwin Encarnacion has more health issues. Possibly Oakland, I guess, but I think they're happy rotating in Matt Olson and Chris Davis into that DH slot. So I don't think it's going to do a lot for Kendris Morales' trade value, especially with another year of $11 million on his price tag. But what it does do is, is again, it gives the Blue Jays some hope from that offense where there has not been a lot of hope this year. It's been a bad offense. It's not, it's not just been mediocre. I know 10 Blue Jays have 10 home runs, but they're all like getting solo shots all over the place. It's been a bad year to be a fan of runs from the Blue Jays. And what Kendris Morales is doing out there, it's almost a throwback to the days of Bautista and Edwin and a healthy Josh Donaldson when these guys could seemingly always be a home run threat. Like you you had to tune into their at-bats every day because you didn't know if it was going yard or not. And Kendris Morales, the past week and a half, has become one of those guys where you have to watch Kendris. You have to see what he's going to do. And again, for a guy who very decidedly was not one of those earlier in the season where you would you didn't have to watch it because you knew it was going to be a double play, this guy had three home runs in the first six weeks of the season. For the absolute terror that he's been on lately, it it's just a nice, warm, fuzzy story for Blue Jays fans in a season that has been incredibly bereft of those stories. When, we, when we're clinging on to guys like Ryan Barucki and, and Thomas Pannone to provide any kind of memory that, that can be held onto during this dark age that the Blue Jays find themselves in, Kendris Morales' home run streak has... Again, given the Blue Jays something to hold on to and something to watch for, as opposed to just, you know, counting the minutes that pass by until Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is promoted or until Bo Bichette's promoted or until the season is over. Kendra's Morales has given them something to cheer for. And I know I will be watching during tonight's game against Baltimore to see if Kendra's can keep this going and get that lofty perch that only three batters have ever done eight home runs in a row. Uh, Don Mattingly, uh, I think a guy named Dale Long, and I think King Griffey Jr. were the guys who have hit the most in a row. I'm going to double check that right quick. But again, the fact that any Blue Jay batter is chasing positive history, that's the key thing. You don't want to watch negative history, but to see Kendris Morales just just have something to chase when it looked like he was on his way out the door. The Blue Jays DFA'd Jaime Garcia over the weekend to reactivate Aaron Sanchez. So it's not like they didn't have 
opportunities to get rid of Kendris Morales and be totally justified in that. You can't have a DH hitting 150. I believe I called for it myself earlier on in the season. A lot of people did. And people weren't wrong at the time. Uh, Keegan Matheson of Baseball Toronto tweeted out that those takes in April and May are just as valid as he takes right now that Kendris Morales is a saint. And I am right. Uh, eight is a record for most consecutive games with a home run. Ken Griffey Jr., Dale Long, Don Mattingly. Uh, Kendris is the first to hit seven in a row since Shrek himself, Kevin Mench, in 2006 with the Rangers, which that seems like forever ago. But again, it's just something that's been nice. And this is a little more life-sustaining than that Chris Coughlin flip. This is a guy who's battled through a lot of adversity to put himself in a position to write his name in the history books, potentially in Sharpie. He's, he's facing a Baltimore team. That's really bad. Don't tell me Kendris Morales can't find two more home runs against this terrible Baltimore team that he's already scorched for four home runs during this streak. So we'll see. We'll have to see how Baltimore decides to pitch to him. They have a lot of fastball pitchers. There's not a lot they can do to try and avoid pitching to Kendris Morales' strengths. So again, that'll be fun to watch tonight. We're going to talk about... Uh, a couple other Blue Jays who really continue to make an impression on this club. But first, just want to let you know that, you know, it's it's football season. Crunch time's coming for those fantasy football leagues. I got two drafts coming up this week, and Locked On is delivering what you need. Locked On has a brand new fantasy football show called Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7. They're going to give you latest trends, roster moves, wherever they can find an advantage. They are going to pass that advantage on to you so you can take advantage and just school all your friends. Willie and Derek are great hosts. They got Ethan Turner on, who's their injury expert. We'll give you up-to-the-date knowledge on who's going to miss time so you can get your lineup set immediately. It gives you the edge that you need to succeed. So check out Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7. It's here to help you win your league. You want to win your league. Trust me. Okay, so I know we took a lot of time with Kendris Morales, but he's, he's obviously the big story that everyone's going to talk about. But um, there, are, there are performances from that weekend series against the Phillies. A surprising win against the Phillies that, you know, we, we should be talking about. And thankfully, for the Blue Jays, a lot of it revolves around the youth. Around, uh, the youth, as uh, I believe Joe Pesci would say. So... I want to I want to focus I want to keep the focus on the offense for a sec. And while Alemis Diaz had a couple of good performances over the weekend, I want to talk more about Billy McKinney because Billy McKinney is quickly becoming one of my favorite players. Just like for everything he does on the field, he had two home runs against the Phillies during the series, his second and third home runs of his career, and he's quickly becoming a fan favorite, especially to the point of what Blue Jays fans are going to be looking for from their younger outfielders. And I raised this point on Twitter when I was healthy enough to tweet. 
but I suggested that anyone who thinks Billy McKinney has not leapfrogged to Oscar Hernandez in the outfield hierarchy and shouldn't stay up if the Blue Jays get into a roster crunch is fooling themselves. Now, they already showed how they were going to relieve that roster crunch when they sent Richard Urania back to Buffalo to activate Lourdes Gurriel Jr. And that might have been motivated more by the fact that Buffalo didn't have a lot of infielders. They had to call up Gunnar Height from New Hampshire because of the injuries to Jason Ludlubishian and Tim Lopes. So Urania helped them out there and, and got them some depth in the infield. But I can argue that if you're choosing between Billy McKinney and Teoscar Hernandez, who gets sent down first, if Josh Donaldson, who began his rehab today, Josh Donaldson's coming back, I, I by the time Josh Donaldson comes back, it might be moot because Buffalo season ends on Labor Day. But I argue that it's more beneficial actually to send Teoscar Hernandez down right now for the final week of AAA just to get his confidence back because he has been completely usurped by Sniper McKinney. Um, Teoscar played in two games. One is the DH, which might be a role he should be familiar with, but it didn't seem to take to him. Went one for seven during the series, including an embarrassing golden sombrero performance in the Sunday game, going 0 for 4 against uh, a Phillies pitching squad led by Vince Velasquez, which that, that's a little embarrassing to have that happen. And then Hector Neris striking out the side. He's got a 565 ERA guys come on you can do something against him but all in all just an incredibly disappointing performance from Teoscar whereas you have Billy McKinney who got hits in every game um I'm trying to do the math in my head I'm an English major I don't do math but Billy McKinney was four for nine for the series with those two home runs and he added four RBI. He was consistently on base. McKinney has a 485 on base percentage heading into today's game. He has an OPS of 1.263, which is legitimately insane to have one that high as, as a rookie. He's been knocking extra base hits. He's basically been doing everything to Oscar Hernandez did, but he gets on base more. He does not strike out as much, which that was a knock on Billy McKinney at AAA was that he was striking out too much. He's gotten up to the major leagues. He's choked up on that bat of his, and it's just looking like he is so at home here. He's batting with the maturity of like a Curtis Granderson at the plate. He's willing to stick his body out and get on base however he has to do it. and. You contrast that with Teoscar Hernandez, who, you know, is trying so hard to make something happen. He's just swinging things. Teoscar feels his value is in the home run, and he keeps trying to do it, and no one's giving him a pitch to hit as a home run hitter. I know John Gibbons dropped him in the lineup maybe to get him more pitches, but it's not going to work if he's swinging at everything. He saw 17 pitches in that Sunday game, only took four of them for balls. He's just... He's wild, he's swinging at everything, and it's not working for him. So I actually advocated sending him down to Buffalo for the last week of the season, maybe seeing some some batters that he can prank would get his confidence back up and allow him to come into September with a fresh slate, similar to what the Blue Jays did with Devin Travis to great success, because Travis has been so much better since coming back from his Buffalo stint. But, you know, as... As someone pointed out to me, once the rosters expand, there's really not much point to sending him back down. But again, 
Billy McKinney is a major league player. He should not be heading down there at all. So I I am convinced that he should not be heading anywhere near Buffalo. I think we should take away his American passport, only give it to him for road trips in Major League Baseball. And Billy McKinney is going to be the starting left fielder next year. I'm convinced of that point right now. And I am so happy because I look forward to him actually justifying me calling him Sniper McKinney. I want to see that arm from the outfield. I want to see him nail some some runners on the base paths. So I have backup calling him Sniper McKinney as opposed to a 15-year-old game show network reference. So that that's one of the things I've been looking forward to this season. One of the other things I'm looking forward to is talking about Justin Schaefer after the break. But first, uh, in addition to the new fantasy football show that the Lockdown Podcast Network is giving you, the Lockdown Network is also expanding with college shows, launching shows for big-name programs like Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, Florida State. We, we announced Florida State's coming online. Oklahoma. Baylor, Ohio State, Penn State, Oregon, BYU, any any school you want to follow that you need your news for, Lockdown Network is going to have you covered, and it is expanding. So be sure to check out our expanded slate as as it as the network grows, and make sure you get the knowledge you need on your favorite college program. All right, um. So I said before the break that I wanted to talk about Justin Schaefer and I do because Justin Schaefer is a name that Blue Jays fans need to know. They need to get that in their brain right now because Justin Schaefer, much like Sniper McKinney, is not going anywhere. Justin Schaefer didn't pitch in five days. He He's essentially been the last man out of the bullpen and it's shown in Gibby's use of him, especially in that Sunday contest where Marco Estrada just solidified his status as a Blue Jay by allowing three home runs in two innings, two plus innings of work, and just looked like Milwaukee Marco. And Milwaukee Marco is not getting anything on the trade market, and the Blue Jays need someone to actually start games. So Marco Estrada isn't going anywhere. So what Justin Schaefer, who has not been asked to do any kind of multi-inning work, he's he's been the closer in New Hampshire, he's been closer in Buffalo, he's a one-inning guy. John Gibbons has to say, hey, Justin, I know you haven't been stretched out since, like, high school, but we need you to go out there and eat some innings. And Justin Schaefer, the eighth-round pick out of the University of Florida, did exactly that over three innings of work, allowing just one walk over three frames. Just absolutely, like it, it wasn't like it was dominating, but the Phillies batters could not figure out what to do with Justin Schaefer. And, and he's getting these outs in a variety of ways. He's getting line outs. He's getting ground outs. He's showing he has a variety of pitches that he can use. And as a reliever, that's a bit of a luxury because, you know, a, a lot of the elite relievers only will do, you know, what they're comfortable with. Like Ken Giles. Ken Giles has his fastball and he has his slider 
And that's what he's going to run at you with. He doesn't need anything else because his fastball touches 100. But that that's what he's going to do. With a guy like Schaefer, who isn't exactly known for his overpowering stuff. I mean, obviously, if he had a 98-mile-an-hour fastball, he probably would have gone higher than the 8th round out of Florida. But what he does is he mixes his pitches really well. He does rely on his fastball a bit. It's a, it's not a bad fastball. It's a 93-mile-an-hour fastball. But what he can do is throw that sinker at almost the same speed, and it really messes players up when you think you're getting a fastball and it just dips on you and you get that weak contact. And Schaefer's able to back that up with a change-up and slider just to get different angles on it so, so batters aren't just adjusting their swing that one way to try and drop down and hit a sinker. So... By working his pitches in like that, he doesn't use the changeup much. He's, he's mostly fastball, sinker, slider, which is fine. You you have that kind of deception with the fastball. He actually throws his sinker more often than his fastball. So you keep that kind of deception. You don't know if it's going to go straight. You don't know if it's going to go down. You don't know if it's going to go left. And not knowing that has resulted in a lot of weak contact for Justin Schaefer. And that's exactly what he's trying to get out there on the mound. It's what a lot of the Blue Jays pitchers are trying to get. That's their MO, that they want to try and get that weak contact. And he's gotten ground balls on 57% of his batters right now. And just like pop flies, they're only hitting 14% line drives off him, which is great because those line drives are the danger pitches. Those are the ones that turn into singles and doubles and, you know, make it difficult to do that. He's only allowed that hard contact 14% 14% of the time. Absolutely great. That's absolutely what the Blue Jays want, especially in Rogers Center, which is a home run friendly park. So Justin Schaefer can bring these tools out there. And much like other pitchers on the staff, much like Marco Estrada, who he relieved on Sunday, much like Marcus Stroman, he can induce batters into doing what he wants on the mound, which is getting that weak contact and getting it out. It's, it's, Amazing to see him use that effectively over three innings. I don't think it's enough to convince anyone that he should be a starter in this league, but Justin Schaefer has really put himself at the forefront of that 2019 bullpen picture. And even if it's in a, like a Tim Mesa role where he goes back and forth between Buffalo and Toronto, I, I don't think they do that with him just because I think he's leapfrogged like Danny Barnes in that instance. But Justin Schaefer's made himself a big part of the picture next year. And that's another thing that the Blue Jays are going to be looking forward to using him in is is as that that kind of utility reliever who can who can potentially go out and get you a couple innings or can come in and get you weak contact to get out of an inning, get a double play ball, get what you need to win a game. So again, an exciting time for the Blue Jays and just just more players being added to watch, which is great. I got to talk to a fan earlier who, um, it's not on Twitter, but he was saying how, you know, it, it's been exciting, even in a lost season, to see these younger guys actually make that step up this year. Like, even in the shadows of Vlad and Bo and Kevin Biggio, it's been exciting to see guys who weren't those kind of names, just stepping into the forefront and making themselves known. Guys like Ryan Barucki, like Thomas Pannone, like Justin Schaefer. That's what's making it exciting. Like Billy McKinney, 
that's what's exciting for the Blue Jays. This Kendris Morales run is great, but this is a point for the Blue Jays. And it's nice to see more of these names emerging because every name that emerges for the Blue Jays is another glimmer of hope that this dark period that the team is in is going to be short-lived and that in 2020 and 2021 this is a team that's going to compete with the Yankees that's going to compete with the Red Sox and really give them a run for their money speaking of money um my paid time is up I believe so this will be the conclusion of today's Locked on Blue Jays podcast episode number 99 the Wayne Gretzky edition and uh, the Sotaguchi edition, I think he wears 99. Tried to remember other ones off the top of my head. But yeah, thank you all so much for joining me. Thank you all for your well wishes on Friday when I had to make that announcement that I couldn't do the Friday show. Greatly appreciate it. I, I don't know if you could hear the strains of sick today. I'm doing my best to keep them hidden. But thank you all so much for your kind words. And thank you all for your support of this podcast. You can follow the podcast at Locked On Blue Jays. Uh, That's the name of the Twitter profile. At Locked On Jays is the actual profile. So save yourself a word when you're searching for it on Twitter. Uh, Follow the main Locked On Network. It's uh, at Locked On MLB. You'll get all the MLB news across the network directly in your twitter box and follow me on twitter at neoac18 that's neoac18 for daily takes i will do my best to keep you all informed tonight during the baltimore game but i am recording an interview that may be crucial for episode 100 tomorrow so keep your eyes and ears peeled for that so for everyone here on the locked on podcast network and at locked on blue jays i've been ryan andrews thank you all so much for listening to today's episode and y'all take care